Coming to you from the TLD studios in Temecula, California, it's the Whiskey Throttle Show, taking you deep inside the lives of the legends and leaders of our sport. This week's guest is brought to you by Yamaha, the leaders in the power sports industry. Motocross bikes, street bikes, adventure bikes, side-by-sides, quads, boats, generators. Yamaha sets the standard. Yamaha revs your heart. Method Race Wheels, the strongest, lightest, fastest wheels in off-road. Method dominates the off-road market with wheels for your truck, sprinter, Jeep, or UTV. Go to methodracewheels.com forward slash whiskey throttle for 20% off your order. Troy Lee Designs, built for the world's fastest racers. TLD blends elite level protection with industry leading style and performance. Moto, bike, helmet paint, casual wear, whatever your passion, Troy Lee Designs is waiting for you on the next level. Nihilo Concepts, enhance your riding experience with superior products like the Start Stop Conversion Kit, Fuel Pet Cocks, Frame Grip Tape, Lever Grip, Grip Donuts, Secondary On Switch, Billet Foot Pegs, Billet Throttle Housings, and so much more. The Hilo Concepts produces exceptional products, all of which are made right here in America. And by SKDA. SKDA is the ultimate destination for exceptional motocross graphics, customer service, and artistic excellence. Trust them to elevate your ride and showcase your individuality on the track, making every ride an exceptional experience. Hey folks, welcome to the Whiskey Throttle Show. I'm your host, David Pingree, and we are here just outside of Farley Castle here in the UK at the MX Vice Studios. They were kind enough to let us use their podcast space uh, to interview this guy, one of only three British 500 world champions ever. That will be a record that doesn't ever change. Uh, the guy they call Rolls Noyce, Graham Cracker, it's Graham Noyce. <laughs> Buddy, welcome to the show. Okay, have you. Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's, um, I, you know, it, it's tough getting you guys over to the U.S. It, I know you're probably not spending a whole lot of time in Southern California, so just awesome that we can get together. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Uh, we start our shows with the Method Race Wheels front end chatter guys. Uh, they're the lightest, strongest, fastest wheels in off road racing. So check them out if you're in the market for your truck, uh, van, sprinter, whatever, UTV. MethodRaceWheels.com forward slash whiskey throttle. Get twenty percent off. Uh, check those guys out. They do great stuff. So Graham, start by telling me a little bit about moto in the UK and growing up here and maybe some of the advantages or disadvantages of that. Well, son, I mean, I think we're very, very lucky over here at the moment because we've got some fantastic schoolboy stuff, which um, obviously starts at a younger age, six years old. Uh, then you can go through into different clubs, which like, we've got some very good clubs over here in the, in the UK. And um, you got to build on that, obviously, but um, we're struggling a little bit at this point in time, so... Yeah, but uh, we can we can still do. I think. I feel like, uh, at least in Europe, just all of Europe in general, I think is doing a better job of of building amateur riders now than we are in the U.S. And I'm curious on just I don't know how we get fix it, but I feel like our our people aren't racing enough. And you maybe mentioned that, but it seems like you guys have like a good local club series, and that breeds into a national series, and. I don't know, maybe a better program. Yeah, I think I think also, but the tracks make a big difference. I mean, I think when I spoke to Roger um, the other day, and he said, I said, why are the riders 
getting injured in America because it grows so fast. It is unbelievable, which obviously is. I mean, you look at their tracks, their big outdoor tracks are quick. Right? Yeah. So they're going to get hurt when they go upside down because even it's very, very bad. But um, I think we, we've got some quick, quick tracks over here as well, I mean, obviously, but they're not up in the air, which is ridiculous. But um, I think you know, we're, we're producing better tracks. How's that? that is to say, we're not looking at just up in the air, ain't no good. Yeah, well, that's when most of the injuries happen, right? Coming down. Um, you follow the British motocross scene pretty closely. What anybody coming up here that represent UK well in the future? We've got some good riders. I mean, I can't name 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 actual person, but um, there's some there's some good riders out there. I mean, hopefully, uh, they'll they'll pull through, but they've got to buckle down, obviously, get back to the basics of it. Because, I mean, this is where I think gone wrong personally is they've got all the big flash motor hardware, they've got all the pretty girlfriend and everything else, but uh, if you got back to basics, you know, and realize you're there for the racing, all the posing sort of stuff, I think that's where the biggest thing going to happen. Well, I think that's happening everywhere. Um, hey, folks, check out whiskeythrottlemedia.com if you're looking for bike test content, interviews, off-road stuff, we've got it all. Uh, merch over there we've got uh, all kinds of stuff so check it out our guest story is brought to you by Yamaha let's get to it um, tell us about where you grew up what's it like there in that little sleepy English town little village called Farrock, Um about two hours from here and so uh, yeah it's this fine little place um, it's uh, about two hours from Dover so like growing on the boat you know it's we got a two hour drive but uh which I did many, many, many times, but um, yeah, it's not a bad little place. You still live in the same place you grew up, same area? Yes. Yeah. So, There's about two miles down the road at this point in time, yeah. Uh, and uh, was it a lot different back then? I guess this country is so much older than ours. I look at like riding in the 70s and 80s. California was empty. You could just take off into the hills everywhere. Well, now it's all covered in houses. But I guess the land here was already kind of divided up and spoken for well before the 70s. So has it really changed much? Are you guys, you really got to be on either somebody's private land or a built track, huh? Yes, we do. Um, we can't just go out and ride anywhere. I mean, it has, it has to be, where well, there's some good tracks over here, obviously. Um, some good good practice tracks. But then they're all doing this silly, um, we got great in it. Why are we doing what? I mean, I think in America as well, but why do you want to grade it all the time? It just... Right as it is. I mean, you're on very war, and the natural stuff's the best stuff you can do. I mean, grading all the time, you never go down the motorway. Ridiculous. We've got this thing, too, uh, right now going on at home where we're building berms around the outside of every corner, like plowing up a berm. I'm thinking, that's what is that? Usually you just rip the track or, you know, groom it and let it develop, and you build your own ruts and berms. We're building it like a, a video game, is kind of what it looks like. Very true. I mean, they're building it just to suit uh, certain riders and the certain track and bikes as well, because um, it's a shame, but why? I mean, just need as it is. I mean, what I can understand also the Grand Prix at this point in time is that they will um, blow it all up or a rip it or whatever they call it, and then uh, they'll water it. And then, of course, you have lots and lots of ruts. And then, uh, I mean, that to me is not racing. I mean, then you're going to get all of the leader and all the ruts. I mean, why do it? I mean, then they when I mean, then they don't they don't find it before the first race. Way worse, so it's ridiculous. I mean, like in Sweden, um, sorry, Switzerland, um, 
this year, you've got like a Saturday practice and a Sunday a day off and Monday you race. So but they've got a day off, what if? What if you level the track? But that's all that's all over the rule, not just it, over here. Yeah, it's definitely different. Some of some of it's gotten better, but I think we've gone backwards in some places. Um you had a couple of siblings, you said? Two sisters? Yes, I do. And um one of them rode a little bit, you said. Yeah, Joanne, she the eldest one, she rode a fair bit. She was a she was a good kid. She uh she used the she rode the bike very, very well. She um uh she was aggressive and, and won't have a go at it, but she, yeah, she was good, but you know, a girl's a girl, so um, yeah, they develop things differently than what boys do, so they have to stop. So, but um, no, I think she had a good, she had a good crack at it. And then, what did you do as a kid um, before you got into dirt bikes? Was taking up your time? Football. Everybody plays football, right? Uh, I didn't. You didn't? No, I don't. I don't. I don't like football at all, really. But be honest with you, but um, that is, I mean, yeah, you do play. You play when you're at school, but um. I ride up and play rugby. We played rugby and football all the time, obviously. Had this, uh, um, you know, but um, no, my, my, my main thing was just on the bike all the time. And when when you got uh, your first bike, how old were you? About six? I was six, yeah. yeah. And what yeah. what was that first machine? BSA Batman 125. Okay. Oh, 125 were you at six? Were you a tall guy, tall kid? Well, it was a small bike, so, you know, okay. I suspensions, that's right. It's hard to ride. Um, and you just rode for a while. You rode for fun, right? You didn't race right away. Well, no, I, that did. I had a funny fan rap about bike because my dad, my mum and dad, they loved to go watch motocross, which I went to obviously watch. Um, and then my dad said one day, said, oh, he said, I'm going to go down and watch um, a race in Dana Corsham uh, and see, see the school we race in. So he said, see what we can do. So dad went down on his own. I didn't go with him. And, um, he come back and said, yeah, he said, that is pretty good. He said, we're, he said, we're trying to get your bike and see if you can go and join the club and see what happens. So um, that's really what did it. And you raced on that BSA? Yeah, cost five pounds. Five pounds? That's just exactly right, yeah. There's a spectrum, but that's what you got to do. Gosh, I, I don't know what that would equate to today, but inflation doesn't. Still can't buy a bike for whatever that would have No, I it. But yeah, that's... It's, um, we, we, I think the second one we bought, I think it was like 30 pounds. And then if they were arguing, they were, arguing, they were discussing my one name, but it got to 60 pounds. Um, but that was a friend of mine's bike. But, um, you know, that's, that's the way it just builds to it. Yeah. You spend more and more and more money, you know, but uh, yeah. So you remember your first race. You were, uh, tell me, where was this at? In Reading, funny enough. Yeah. Reading, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a pub up there. And, um, you know, at three third places on the first day. Yeah, that's very it. very lucky. But were you surprised by that, or was your dad surprised? I guess. Yeah, that we were. Yeah, but it was good. Yeah, we were. We were surprised. So right away you were like, okay, I I've got something here. No, you can't say that. I mean, well, I mean, enjoyed what I'd done. I mean, you enjoyed it. I love I love riding the bike, um, and uh, it's very very good. And you know, uh, you met met a lot of different people and saw different things, and but it was good. I really enjoyed it. So yeah, you can't. Where you go, and then what was um, what was the amateur scene like here back then? Um, this is very early in the sport. Was there a developed series of races for you guys, or was it just random scrambles here and there? What well, was there? I just random scrambles. I mean, you know, 
all the clubs had had different. That is Ringwood Club, the the, um, the Reading Club, and then the Caution Club. They're the three biggest clubs in the Hampshire area. Um, who, um, who who had had a real good club which you could join. So yeah, but they they put a good good show. Each club would have their own few events, and you kind of hit all those. Yes. Cheers. Um. And you said you grew up racing with David Thorpe as well. He was a little younger than you, but kind of in the same schoolboy class. Yeah, Dave was there. Well, he was there number 32. I was, or 32, I think, was it? He was in the, the same meetings I was at, but he was in the lower, smaller class, the youngest class of all. I was like, yeah. Yeah, Dave was there. Yeah. And Hudgens as well. He was further east here? Neil. Neil Hudson, he was, he was, he was, he was um, in the West Country. Oh, West Country. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. No, not far from me. So, was there big amateur events where you guys would get together and all three of you would race together? Did that ever happen? But yeah, there was there was there was uh, races where yeah, you know, me and Neil been at it for a, a whole racing career basically, yeah. and um, we've had some fantastic races. Yeah, Neil's brilliant. So we've grown up together since we're like say, six or seven years old. So yeah, it's all that's great. Um, well, I guess I should clarify: those are the three British five hundred world champions. Right, yourself, Neil, and David. Right, Neil was two. Oh, Neil was two. Sorry, sorry, big of Neil. Who's our the Who's the third? Uh, Jeff Smith. Smith, Jeff Smith. That's who. Now, and he was older than you guys. Yeah, Jeff Smith. Okay. Um. So take me through kind of as your as your amateur career is going on. Uh, where where was there a point where you kind of had a breakthrough? You started. Okay. On, well, right, okay. I was very, very well. Obviously, I was lucky you know, to meet up with the Rickman brothers. Um, there was a dog in Derek Rickman down in down in Milton, which is like say forty five minutes from my house. So I used to catch a train down every morning. Um, got a bicycle, ride that from there, train station to work. Um, come back and then uh, and come back home and then um. But uh, yeah, I was very, very lucky to be up with them. But that, that, I mean, they were, they were brilliant, brilliant to me. So yeah, so. It, a great time down there. It looked after me really, really, really well. And you think that was a, a transition point for you where you kind of... They stayed in the right direction. You know, so, yeah, you, it was very, very good. Very lucky. Did they help you with riding? Like they were kind of coaching you or more just support and... Rick Lloyd, was one of the main salesmen down there. He's a very good friend of mine. Um, I said the other day, funny enough, he was more on the... He helped me out a lot on the coaching side sort of thing. They came, just, oh, but there's some brilliant people down there. I mean, those are... So, Yes, we had a good team down there, and um, I was lucky to be. I was started off in, in the uh, in the tour room, and then I went, and I went to the development room. So, yes, that was, that was good time. Good times. So, um, tell me about that. How that happened? You went. You dropped out of school at, at fifteen, right, and went to work. Um, and and you <laughs> you were getting a train, riding a bike to this place at fifteen. Um, what were you doing? Were you welding? Were you working on? Well, I should have been in the tool room, but um, I was basically about talking a lot, 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 lot of people because there's, there's so many people in that at that uh, that factory that would race and all done trials, right? Have done grass strike or whatever, done done all sorts, done done something. So I was about, I should have been in the tool room. Um, I did get in there sometimes and do a bit, of, bit of welding. Yeah, well, actually, I did go a welding course of sort. Five years was quite good. So, so what were you mostly doing in there? Skiving. Let's try it. I was on the shape or doing something with it. I was on the lathe. Yeah, it's good. Okay, just all kinds of machining. It's all oh, yeah. 
And then uh, for the folks that don't know Rickman very well, there, there's uh, they were building frames and you pull other different engines and drop it in and they would kind of build you a custom bike basically, right? Yeah, when we, 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 I mean, luckily I rode the 125 and Sundap, which I did uh, ride for a long time. And then, um, then uh, we had the 251 Tessa, one, oh, Rickman, which is very, very good. Um, that's a quick bike that was. And then, then I wasn't quick enough for what I want to go in the 500. So then we did, I don't know the gentleman called Harold, Harold Wakeford, who's a big, um, big uh, medical supporter. He's sponsored a lot of riders. Through the years, he's done up to Don and Derek, he's up to Jeff Smith, um, uh, Dave Bickers, that sort of people. And I know, and he goes to Don and so he said, hey, You better get Graham, he's in a uh, hustle. And so he bought me a 460 house, which was a very, very good bug at the time. So then we took the, the engine out of frame, the engine out of that, and I built a frame to take that engine. So then we, we, we made a main bike from that. That was a good bike, huh? You... That's okay. Isn't it? Well, that was just okay. Yeah, but that is that's the one But it's, it was good, it's brilliant. I mean we 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 were messing about with suspension at the time because there's a big transition when it was going from I said from four inches of travel up to um ten and a half, eleven inches of travel in it. So we were doing it and uh, I was making it doing we were doing development with um with the shocks and everything, but we were blowing the shocks, uh and the, the rubbers in the shocks and all sorts every race but we were doing a lot of lot of development, but it's good fun. Huh. Uh, and and I don't know that people know this or not, but Don's wife was a French gal. She actually came up with the name Matisse, the Rickman Matisse, which is one of their famous models. Uh, Matisse means mongrel dog in French. So it was. They were asking what what, what uh, is what makes this bike up, and they're like, ah, it's just a mongrel. It's all kinds of different parts. And so that's how we got the name Matisse. I thought that was interesting. Um, so at what point did you start kind of winning everything or, or being really competitive in the UK? Was it during that time when you were there with them? You don't win everything, but you can win a lot. Yeah. And, you know, but, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, I did a lot of success with them. Um, and I was making a lot of progress. So it's the biggest thing. I think that was a great, um, I made a lot of progress school with the Rickman brothers. They were fantastic. So um, like I said, they step in the right direction, which is very, very good. Yeah, it's good. So, and your uh, your high school teacher, guidance counselor, didn't think you were going to amount to much. Did I get that right? What, what did they call you? Robbie handed little boy. <laughs> she said, "You're." When, when I left school, she said, "You're going to be nothing else but Robbie handed little boy." So as I stuck my fingers up, when I really said, "Thank you, my boy." <laughs> well, here's a grubby finger. See you later. Oh, that's good. I love I love hearing stories like that. She didn't. <laughs> I don't. I doubt. I doubt. Um, okay, so kind of when you were with those guys, you were you were picking up things here. Seventy um, three was your first GP. And we're back a long way now. Yeah, I know we are. Um, Seventy three. I think it was about right. Yeah. Okay. Seventy three, seventy four. And did you jump? Did you start with the 125 races or were you jumping right into big bike? No. No, I didn't. I did what I, I did as many 125 races as I could, but the, the first Grand Prix I'd done was it 73, yes. Um, it was on the Mako. Um, I'd done, I'd, I'll just go back to the Rickman stuff. So I'd done a lot 
a lot with the Rickman brothers. So, um, uh, and then it was only because Brian Goss, the maker and Porter, poached me and then kept on that, uh, oh, this guy's been going to do pretty good. So Brian was on the phone and you know, all that went for. Brian was a very, very good sponsor. He's a maker and Porter. And he poached me from, from, from Rickman, actually. So, yeah. Okay. You were with him for a while. Brian, yeah. Um, so take us through those first couple of years. You, you, you did really well pretty quickly in the Grand Prix series. Yeah, I was very, very lucky. Um, when I was with Mako, uh, they, um, they got me a, a ride in at, uh, Bilstein, um, Germany. And, uh, and look, it was a lucky ride basically on, on, on the Mako. And, um, I, I, I remember I had a Morris minor pickup. And uh, I loaded all the bike up, I've done, done everything, I put it all in there, right? My, my cousin was my mechanic, so we went from my house down to Vic Eastwood, a very good friend of mine. Um, and Vic um, obviously helped me out and took me over to the Grand Prix. Because, I mean, I had no idea what to do or where to go, but because he was a, a full-on you know, Grand Prix rider, he helped me out a lot. So, um, And then I got to Vic's house, and I went, oh, Lord. Well, I remember no passport. And I thought you, like, I thought you after an idiot. So, and I thought I can't. I said, well, you have to go on. Like, you can't. I said, no, no, no. So, man, next five years. Oh no, we get to Dennis's passport. Right? Oh, boy, he's dead now. Right? He's a very, very good friend. When Dennis, uh, so we got Dennis's passport. Right? So, then he got a camper. So, I basically had to lie down on the back and I was asleep all the way over there. We got through into. Into Germany, not with a on a fake passport. Um, I mean they um, I mean so, and then I got there, and then luckily it's the tracks in me, and um, oh no, it's in the bike, and I was going well, yeah. And in the end, I got third overall. I don't know, I've done that, but it's very, very, very lucky. Yeah, that's uh, that's crazy, especially five hundred GP. Yeah, I mean you got, I mean that that, that, that there's Roger on the, on the podium. Um, who, I mean, just to shake his hand, it's like, just a, it's like a big, it's a big, it's a big, big bonus. And so, you know, Roger's a fantastic man. And um, I think Willie Barrow was on there. I was sort And you were looking, I mean, you, you were probably looking up to a lot of these guys, right? I mean. Well, of course, yeah. I mean, they are, they are the riders, so, you know, these guys are the best. Did you beat anybody that, uh, you know, I'm sure you beat some guys who you looked up to. These are, you know, you're. <laughs> Not idols, but you know what I mean. Of course, yeah. But um, yeah, you do. Um, but it takes time. I mean, you just don't go wish, but you can. And uh, yeah, I've had a go. I mean, luckily, I mean, yeah. I mean, in that in that round period, obviously, I did beat some big guys. But there's some fantastic moments there. I mean, you know, oh, of course, of course. But that's a that's a hell of a start. It was it was very big. And people don't. I, at least I not that I see a lot. People just don't jump into the premier class and podium their first. So, no, I was very lucky, but it worked out well for me. And of course, Maker were happy. Ryan was, um, he was doing cutwheels and jumping up, he was up and down, he was over the moon. Um, and it was all going well, but, uh, you know, it was good. All right. So, you, you didn't do the whole series that year. You kind of just did a few. Um, how did the others go? Okay. I think I might have done Luxembourg. I did Luxembourg after that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I did. Luxembourg, I think it was the only one I did do. Yeah, but it was, it was very lucky. Went okay at Luxembourg, or how did that go? 
Well, no, um, was, was, this, is, this is funny because um, I walked the track in the, with uh, with Vicky, so funny enough, and uh, walking this place, it's not, it's not kind of as apple giggles, because it, the track, you know, I mean, this is well, narrow because, yes, this is where the back this was. And then, um, so anyway, we bought the track, and I thought, okay, fair enough, so that's it, that's it. Um, then, um, then the first race, um, I did, and then you turn down up across a big bank, but long, long fell flat out, and I got it all wrong, and I went in there, ran, then ran, right, and the bike would bend. So the back end of the bike was down, and they were to the left, and I was as a mess. The frame was like just bent, smearing. So um, then I get back in the pits, and uh, this guy goes out of the way. So I'm seeing this bloke. So anyway, it was Dennis, like the guy who borrowed his passport. <laughs> so oh, but he, he he was he was very really good and done a fantastic job. So he's there with another friend of mine, and, and uh, they put the seat off. Got, got a big big bit of that one straight in the seat. Are and oh, they they straight the frame up yet, yeah. and the. Uh, because they are, just stop crying there, get back on the bike. So, yeah, um, off I went, and I have got third in the second race. So, all that day. That's impressive. Um, so, those are the only two GPs you did that year. You're 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 with your Mako uh, distributor uh, who helped you out for a long time. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, what about '74? What did you do the following year? We carried on with the Mako. So, yeah, I guess it's uh. And were you 500 class the whole year? Yeah. I did like 250. Oh, I did like 250 at all. They did like me. And that's the 500 I did like. So um, yeah, it suited me. And um, that's why I stuck with them. I was just happy with that. Yeah. How did that 74 season go? You remember? Did You You didn't do the whole series, right? 74 years. No, no, no. Yeah. It's up and down. I mean, yeah, you got to fight it. To get in the Grand Prix then was, was very difficult. Was easier then, I suppose, but it's now because we've got to pay a lot of money. But um, it's to do it, it's still going to cost a lot of money. And I got lucky; I got away with it. There were a couple then again. I mean, um, seventy-four. I've done the English one, but um, seventy-four was okay. Okay. So, were you still working? Were you still working at Rickman during this time? No, I left. Oh, you're the maker. Okay. Sorry. Oh, that's right. You're... So were you just racing, or did, were you working somewhere else? No, it was just working. All right. Um, so then rolling into 75, uh, you actually led the British GP at Hawkstone. You did. Tell us about that. Well, yes, uh, you get you get a fantastic venue, which Hawkstone is, you know. Um, we were telling the car and trailer and nothing else, but there goes, well, it's, yep, so, um, you know, but they camel camel sponsor on the Grand Prix at that time, so they give out a load of uh, little hats, right? So um, you've got, say, 30,000 people there, and it was big, it was good, and the whole sounds a big track. And um, I took a start, and then, um, I do not know, but well, I've been always, what comes up with starts a lot, so yes, off I went really, really good, you know? Um, and you get the pit board, Roger, you know, hiking, you and a lot. Yeah, okay, I'm waiting, I know you're going to pass me. I mean, I did it. They would. I, I was. I was. I wasn't fit. Cause I was sad and and young for. But I, I hadn't done that enough work as I should have done. But, and I knew they were coming. And I got exhausted as, you, as I did. And then I get past. You know. I think. Um. Yeah. But 
Yeah, it looked awful like a draw in that one, but we're still up there. I'm not doing too bad, but um, I do remember at home, Heike's, Heike's mechanic, I see him many years after that, but uh, he said, he said, well, he didn't know who you were. If I look at the programs, look at your number, he said, they get your name to put on the ball for Heike runs. I said, well, didn't make that difference. I said, he really bought me, but um, yeah, that's a funny old thing. Uh-huh. I enjoyed it. Did you learn something from that? Like, um, being the first time you'd led a GP, you know, you get more comfortable being up there, kind of like, okay, I belong, you know, each time a little bit. Were you, were you spotting those two? Did you run their pace for a while and then they only caught you when you got tired? Or? Yeah, of course. I mean, when you try to stick with those two guys, I mean, whatever. But I mean, the best thing I learned that day was I trained more. So I did more work with me biking. Right? And those two guys didn't get tired. Ever. <laughs> they were going that way out. Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay, so that was 75. Did you do more GPs that year? After Hawkstone? Or was that, uh, I mean, did you do that season? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. Okay. So what race, were you doing like British national championships or what were you doing? What racing? Yeah, we're doing, we're doing the British championship, um, which is the yeah, British championship, but, uh, I want to get away to the big internationals over in Belgium, which is like pinnacle of Marcos at that time. I mean, I mean that's where everybody come from. Joel, um, Roger, yeah, they all come from there. So that's where you want to get away to, and that was the, that's what I want to do. Okay, what? When did you move over there? Far. Okay. About, about that time. Yeah. Okay. Um, you're still with your Mako importer. At this point, um, so what about the following year, '76? Uh, you had a you, your progression was good. I mean, you started with podiums, but by '76, you got uh, you want your first moto win uh, at the British GP there, right? Yeah. Uh, take me through that season because you did have like this nice progression every year. It seemed like you were learning or gaining something. Yeah, we were going well. I mean, luckily it was going good for me. Um, Donington Park was a fantastic track in place. Um, and uh, got there, and um, the first time the Honda been there, uh, rode the Grand Prix. Okay, um, here Carl's Marcus rode the Honda form, and um, I got, he, he led it. I was second. I, I mean, of course, you can imagine the people were going loopy. They got 35. You know, but they put that until we got in. I mean, there's an English guy up the front. Were near the front, so I was there. Um, and then you had like this three steps down towards the pits, um, near the finish. And um, I was right by a pair of the, and uh, his, as he jumped, the, the his rear spring broke off the shock and come past me or about this bit about an inch. You know, very, very lucky it didn't hit my head. That doesn't happen, that seems crazy. That well, yeah, I mean, I suppose that they were just testing different shocks or. Different things or different positions with, you know, um, where different track links travel, and they were all all doing that time, so it made a big difference. So yeah. So you got your first moto win. What, what was that like? Difficult. <laughs> but when, that was it. But it was okay. But you know, different, I, wow, nice. Different going and uh, I just wanted some some help as to you know, where I was on the track and that sort of stuff, and then. Um, my main um, uh, 
well, you might spot was Brian Goss, he was at Impora, and so he was on the pit board that day. Um, uh, so I've come through that, and I'm in the lead, and, you know, what you want is who's behind you, how far are you in the lead, and everything else, right? And then Brian draws on the board a dick and a pair of bollocks, you know, and hands it out, and I think, thank you very much, you fool. Now I'm laughing for like three quarters of that, and I thought, grab me up, pull this together. But yeah, it was very, very funny, but, and I, a lot of people did see it as well, but um, I've told the story a few times. Are there any, any photos of that? It'd be a great picture of you coming by your. It would, yeah, but, <laughs> but I mean, you've you got to get yourself back together, and I, I was laughing so much, and I thought, please pull it together for this next time, Brian, and he, he did, but it was hilarious. So you won the first motor. How'd the second motor go? Terrible. Um, oh, it's terrible. Yeah, well, I got away pretty good, but then up the hill. I don't know where it's off. Hit my back wheel, just clipped it all. Was bent on my we just clipped it all. What we just took it back wheel, and I, I went sideways and bent in the red, and um, I broke my coccyx on my back. So, uh, oh, yeah, that, that was the end of that. Did that put you out for a while then? You can't ride with a broken coccyx. Well, um, Tell me about the those guys. I I I don't know. I know Roger a bit, but I don't know Hiking Nicola. Uh, you know, a lot of these guys you were racing with, even Carlquist, but they don't. They looked like big, kind of intimidating, early guys. Were they? Was that how they were off the track? I mean, I know they there was probably they weren't going to try to be too nice out on the track, but no. were they good guys off the track? Were they? Were they like? That? They talked to me so. Very very nice. I mean, yes. Um, we got we we got friendly with a few of them, and, and you know, if you do, um, they don't want to get too friendly to it because you if you're going to be beating them, they like sort of basically. But yeah. no, they're okay. All right, Heike just seems like he you know, that's just the way he looks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he was he was a he was a he was a man of his own. I mean, he was. I mean, it was. I mean, Roger looked at the accountant or something. Look, he, he came to the track up with a suit on, basically, yeah, and he put a set of riding gear on. And he could win, win the Grand Prix. I mean, he never was looking at the start line. He was never, never saw Roger walking about. Roger kept himself to himself. That was it. But I mean, oh, she was okay. Oh, she was always there. I want to tear up. But uh, Roger just kept himself to himself. It's quite funny. Um, all right. So take us through that season. You, you have, like I said, you broke through with a, a moto win. Get hurt a little bit. Um, you got approached by Honda at this point, and turned down a ride with Factory Honda. I'm curious why. It wasn't. Well, I did not Honda or nothing like that. It's just a. I had been riding the, the Mako, and it was worked, it worked out well for me. And I was riding it, and, and um, suited me. So, um, I had a good relationship with it, with, with the importer, and uh, we were going well. You know. I thought we were going to go places. Well, I did. And then we won a lot of stuff, a lot of races. Good. So I did. Yeah, I did say, which yeah. Actually, you think was that the right thing to do or not? Because they are big, big company. Was there money involved? I mean, decent money to sign with them. And you weren't making much at me. No, the ride was the biggest thing for me. So, I mean, the money is money. Money side. I mean, if you don't win, yeah. Yeah. Nothing. So might be the biggest thing. You felt like staying on the Mako was your best move for you results wise. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so um seventy seven, 
update on that Mako. And um, there's still no factory help. This is still just your importer buddy. Yeah, yeah. I, but we, we, we had a good, good relationship because all, um, all the shops in every country just opened their doors so I could go in and take my water and so they made it easier. The exhaust pipes, that sort of stuff, you know, which we've got done every, every time, many, many times. Uh, so I could go get the pipes, the wheels, and whatever. So, I mean, I use a factory. I mean, every bike's a factory bike because it comes out in the factory. Bias. You know, it's where you just get um, spokes are bigger or something, wheels are stronger, apart from that, not a lot, really. Yeah. It's easier for me to do it this way. What did, what did it look like back then, too? This is something that this era... Um, I really like the look of this era because there wasn't all these fancy rigs and all the, you know, just all the bullshit. It was like you guys in a pickup truck or a little teeny van, uh, you know, on a wood block or a milk crate for a stand and you're laying in the grass between motos. Like it was just sort of motocross at its purest form. Yes. I mean, it, I mean, the luck, I mean, I, do, I mean, people do say it, and I do, I do agree with them. I mean, I was around the right time that Rogue ran across. I mean, we met some really fantastic people and rode with some great, great guys. And, you know, I'm very, very fortunate to do that. I mean, now it didn't look the same. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. It's like, I, I always say, it's nice to see the guys get paid and I think it, they're earning it. It, it is a lot of work it's and it's a lot of risk, but, good fun, but you definitely, uh, just has a different feel. There was a really cool um, camaraderie and um, I don't know, pureness to it. I guess I, that's the best way I can say. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, I, but I the, the more the more is at stake, the more harder it is. So um, obviously there wasn't so much money involved with it then, so it didn't make no difference. I mean, obviously there's more money involved with it now, so that's what triggers it. Yeah, problem, but well, not problem, but it makes it more. Um, then, yeah, I mean, we have barbecues together. We've done all sorts of things. So, yeah, it's kind of fun. Yeah. And like you said, it, you guys weren't really even thinking about the money probably too much because there wasn't so much money to have. Um, so no. I feel like you guys had more fun. You weren't afraid to go out and have some drinks and after the race and, I don't know, enjoy what you guys were doing, right? Yeah, we had a few of them. <laughs> As you do. Uh, all right, take me into 78 then. This time... On end of seventy seven, Honda comes back and makes you another offer. This time you say yes. Yeah, Steve Whitlock come back to me again. Said, uh, "Right, look, would you please uh, reconsider? We got someone looks like Honda again." Because I said, uh, "In an hour or so, I went away, got to him mum and dad, and come back." And I said, uh, well, "We had a deal." And who did they have riding for me here before? Yeah, but they bought him my work for a but then they got a brand as well. Okay, so Brad came on with you in 78. And then was Pierre still there, or he was gone? Yeah, gone. Yeah, he, he went back to um, back to America. Okay. Yeah, that's how it was. Was with Shin? To be honest with you, they bought Pierre just over that, that Grand Prix, um, just to do, get the bike sorted or do something. I'm not quite sure, but... Um, he would be a good good test rider, I think, for them originally, and um, he uh, did a good job, but uh, he wasn't doing the ground pressure, though. So when you got on the Honda, 
what was your opinion of that bike versus the KTM you'd been riding? Like it. Um, what was better? What was worse about the Honda? Well, unfortunately, it wasn't a start. A lot trying to change all. Um, it was the one thing. I mean, I think it was riding the Honda and then the else or maybe it was what I mean, my style was different. I don't know why, but well, you couldn't blame the mechanic because obviously they're doing their best, you know. Um, you couldn't blame the factory, but the chain was off and um, the throttle come off and that. It's just weird and wonderful, stupid things, you know. Um, and you said, like, that I think Brad, when he was on the show, mentioned this, and um, I didn't tie it together, but he said that you were throwing chains all the time, but his bike wasn't? Yeah, yeah. Did you ride maybe more aggressively, or he was smoother, or, like, what do you think, what the hell was causing that? Oh, I think personally, it was a style. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, um, definitely. Um, as I think mine always come up in the corner, right? Where there's a lot, uh, and I think where there's a bit of a deeper rut or something, so, but um, it would throw it off red. Right? I mean, I don't know what it was doing, maybe standing up a bit further or something, but mine was definitely jumping off on all. But you'd like get into a rut or something, and that way it would pop out there, or what was it? You know, it would even down a straight or something, just weird spots, or just on that side, yeah. That's strange. Um, and you, you and Brad knew each other prior to becoming teammates. Um, but you got pretty close during this time, huh? Yeah. Well, we actually we did meet up many years ago. Um, the, 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 this champions like like running camp. Okay. In Sweden, which um was very very funny. But uh, yeah, Brad was up there. I trained up there. Good actually. Okay. Champion spark plugs training. Ever heard of it? Like a preseason training camp type thing? Yeah, they done a special thing. Good. Yeah, Brad did it. Was Hus- Sorry, it was, it was that Husfather big pointer. It's Okay. Big pointer. Sorry. No, it's not because I read a Husfather previous to that. Okay. Um, we'll train down from the, from the, from the Mako to the Honda. Yeah. Was this where I've seen pictures like where you guys are on each other's backs running in a gym. Is that that one? That's the same thing. Yeah, we had a good old tarot. Yeah, it's good fun. All right. Um, but you and Brad got to be pretty close buddies this year. Traveled yep. together, trained together, rode together. Yeah, we've done a fair bit. Done a fair bit. Yeah, we went to Japan. And then... I mean, but Brad always kept his distance, so we always won the problem. But uh, that was good. I mean, I, I mean, I knew I didn't know what to do, but... The million thing, and uh, we met up. We were, we were friends, and could we got to be friends? Um, because so important when you're, when you're riding the same teams, spent a lot of time together. Yeah. Um, all right, well, we'll get back to some more Brad Lackey later. Um, how did that 78 season go? Frustrating. I know you were throwing a lot of chains. You remember, was there highlights, low lights? It was, I knew, I knew the bike was good. Just wouldn't come right, you know. So we had to fight through it. And I thought, when I was this middle part of '78, in the middle, I seen him in my mouth. I don't want to buy a maker. I said, get back privateer. I said, this thing is not working. I said, they can forget them. I said, just, I don't care. I said, dig it. So, um, I said, you came to that. So, um, I obviously took myself back out of it and stuck with the other. 
of course, the following year was fantastic. So um, it's just one of those things. But you got to ride the storm, and that, you know, I think it was just me getting used to the whole, whole Honda, basically. And uh, I was riding that bit wrong or whatever. But, um, you know, in the end, it coming out. Well, and you learned from that year that the things that did go wrong, you guys figured out how to fix it because it paid off in 79. Right? Um, you got a two year deal, so 70, 79 was your second year. That was your championship season. Um, take us through that kind of highs and lows. Any close calls? I know you had an issue in Canada, you were saying. Boy, yeah, but um, no, we got to uh, Austria. I think it was the first, well, was the first Grand Prix that year. And, um, yeah, it's, so yeah, you're there. You're you're, you're finally like you've got there. And Brad's turned up there. He's got his big American motor homes on there, right where there, right. And Andre Miller turns up. And you got Kyle can turns up in the trucks. I mean, it's it's huge, right? So, and there's an old weasel from England, says me. But, and I thought, okay. And then I'm on the range for you know, and a and a sorry, and a interview. What we're doing now, sort of saying, right? You know, the big guy comes over, right? With his entourage and everything else, and he's like. Uh, we're talking for so long, and, and he said, Yeah, he said, Who's going to win? I am. And I thought, I walked away, I thought, Now that's wrong. What? You just made yourself go work prack, and that you're bigger than bus, and there you got to win. So, um, and the guy like, walked away with his microphone in his hand, thinking, Who's this guy? Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I did, though, luckily, or whatever. <laughs> but you, you, that is aggression. You, you have, you have it. You know, you got to say, you're going to say, you're going to do something. And, uh, was that the first time you maybe really believed that you could could win or were going to win? Did you feel a little more prepared, a little like, more confident? You, you, you say you can win a race. I mean, well, pretty from one race, but I felt good. So how'd the rest of that season go? You started off with a win. That's a, obviously a big confidence booster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then, we, then we went. I don't know. We um, switched to that pattern. I had a very, very good ride there, which attracted some nice grass. They we got tacky grass and probably a little ride there, I know. And um, we, we definitely like that. It was, um, that was a real buddy one, I remember. And I thought it was like, yeah. And uh, we, uh, sorry, and they, um, well, I had, I, I just got this kind of Belgian entourage right there. Oh, yeah, these, these guys are really, really good friends of mine. And um, they come to all the races and help me out a lot. And uh, there was like Langer Joss, um, he like cleaned the boots, and then somebody else had done something else, done else. And uh, they helped me out a hell of a lot. I mean, Sturkus was a Belgian guy, and he'd be on the track with a stick pointing at the best lines. Yeah, you come in the corner. So I was like, you know, I mean, these were guys were good. And they, were, they helped me out a lot. So Mechanical cleaned the bike, and um, then uh, I'd get the, get put my leg over to get on then the start line. And they go, no, 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 no. They carry my boy to the start line. Like, keep the tires clean. And I thought, I've got to do something. And, and I said, all these guys are doing this. Yeah, you've got to be up on your toes again. So, yeah, we, I want it. But uh, as I work. Yeah. But, you know, I third and, third and first, I think. But it was good. Good, good Grand Prix. Okay. Well, we had some. In Canada, you guys kept blowing head gaskets for yourself. That's weird for some silly reason. I don't know why. They just, I don't know why they're in Japan, but we, um, 
we we raced obviously the week before in Canada, so I think in the hard bed, which is good, or very hot. Um, and then how did that go? By the way, <laughs> right? Uh, yes, it was hot, but uh, they had the same down the winds come over, and um, it was hot. It was like 110 and 20 degrees. It was hot, yeah. And then um, you know you got to do four minutes plus two of them. That Carlsbad, I mean, that's a lot of yeah. Well, you know, the Carlsbad is hard as hard as it is, right? So, um, and you think because it's another kind of it is in the bowl, the bowl, that sort of thing. But um, and uh, yes, I said to Mikael, I said, "You've got to take a bottle of water." I said, "When I come round here, I swear it's water over me, right?" So, please, yeah, don't get me goggles for Christ's sake, otherwise you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, but which um, then uh, uh, if I mean you've scratched all the back on the start line because you sat there right. And then we had a full start. We come back and do it all again, and oh. it was hot. And I was like, "Geez!" And then so, um, you got to keep concentration again. You just can't go, "Oh, bugger it!" You know, don't worry about that. So you got to keep concentration again. It's difficult. So yes, and um, I got a decent start. I didn't get a good start. I couldn't work the start. America was, I could, the Grand Prix have always got okay start. I never got a brilliant start. And uh, the Coles Bay was a special track. I mean. You you go round up that top hill. Um, there's a fantastic picture of Roger just got underneath the bridge there. And um, but you go in that top right and bend, and that's a big sweeping bend. And you're done third gear as quick as you can, you know, because there is a massive jump. You're coming down the hill now, and then there's a massive. I don't know why I didn't fill it up, but there's a massive two foot deep, not say big massive big hole right. Look at back hill. What's that bang? Remember the bars, you finish so. But then, so she landed off that thing, another hump, jumbled the brakes on, then the sharp left, and all, all bravery kind of dirt stuff, and back up. Up the hill again. So, yes, it's very, very difficult. I imagine you, everyone from the GPs, for the most part, struggle with the heat, right? Outside of the Americans who might have been used to it. You guys didn't have a lot of hot races like that. No, we didn't. No. But when you get what can you do? Can I say, yeah, but turn turn the phone shit in. Yeah, no, you guys go okay. What can you do? That's, what, that's brutal. All right, so Canada, sorry, I threw you off. Bigger on the other side. We went to Canada the week after. It was just as hot. And uh, for some silly reason, I don't know why we kept blowing head gases. So what went wrong with the bike? With the barrel head or something went wrong, we don't know what. So um Japanese narrow go and pulling the hair out, they go. They've got six guys on the phone all the time through to Japan trying to work things out. Right? Um, and Honda are sending up stuff from Honda and America in Vans, right? For me. So, I mean, I had a lot of attention because they want to win, obviously. But um, a lot, a lot was going on. And it was, you think, you know, this has got to work. This has got to work. So, um, I remember walking down the start line, I think, we've got to get this right. And hopefully the bike will stay together. And I was 20 seconds to start line, I'll never forget that. And um, I got Flora, right in the gate. It wasn't a good start. I led it and won it. So I won the first race. Um, good. But um, you never know. Did you get the overall that day or no? Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I led the second race. I led by miles and like an idiot, I went in there, ran, ran, ran over the back. I'm not going to do confident. I'll never forget that. 
And uh, oddly, again, I'm not so sure about both races, but like an idiot, I went, and they ran, and I thought, pick me, pick myself up. The goggles will skew me if you haven't sweat. And I thought, this is this is horrible. But I thought, well, I just swept away with the goggles away, you know, and look, off you go again, you know, like, back in the for sixth place, I got around you, oh, you're leading it. Now you've got to pull some rope back, so then you get going again, you know, so you've got to start again. I got back up the third, so I had a first and third, so it was right. With no goggles. I had to wait no. Um, it's not one day for a pit stop, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, a rock off a 500 tire would definitely jack your face. <laughs> it done. Uh, all right, so at that point, obviously things are clicking for you. Um, was there any close calls, any other close calls throughout the series, or was it pretty smooth sailing? That was okay. We 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 then, we then went to um. Well, you can't say it's going to be easy. You can't for me. We went to Monaco um, in Holland, where Garrett Garrett was my closest rival at the time, and he it's home 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 Grand Prix. So, um, the uh, there was a massive massive jump before before the finish Monaco, and uh, I was clearing up on long way, and. Uh, in practice, so I thought it's going to be good here today. We were doing well, and then the first race, I I, I was going really quick. I remember I was pulling a lot of time. The next one, I took over this jump, and I was going to this, this noise, right? And then I looked down, and I had spokes flying through the wheel. I thought, you fool, right? You've broke the front wheel. So, but you went to stop. So I then just kept lifting the front wheel as much as I could at the back. But then I come to the jump, I was right rolling. I couldn't. I couldn't jump it. I mean, but um, so and I did 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 when, when it's good, we had such a lead from the start. But I was, I was good in the same. So it was, it was one of the problem. But okay, so why were you jumping and jump? I threw the front wheel. Front wheel stuffed. Oh man! So yeah, luckily you milked it in though. It was very lucky. Very lucky. Yeah. But you got to do it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, well, no. uh, so how'd the second motor go there? Oh, that was the second big one. Um, the third, I was very consistent in seven. Okay. I went, didn't win everything. Okay. I was good. It was good. And then you ended up wrapping the championship up in Mark Nimmer, right? Mm-hmm. Take us through that race and take you through the And well, yes, it was a fantastic post. The Honda had booked um, a party, a big, a big, big event, say. The week after in Luxembourg, right? So we go to the mirror and um, you don't know what's going to happen there. I mean, Walsing could have won both races and I could have had a chain off, I could have had a flat tire, anything can happen. You know, you don't know. So you've got to, you've got to just like concentrate. And I just, I knew I, I knew I was on the table this start. So you got on the inside, you're okay. Um, seven in, seven or six in from the right hand side. If there was a bit of grass, you're okay then. Um, you get good stuff. And I thought, that was going to be your time training. Yes, yeah, so I'd done that. And I'd done my homework so I was there. And I thought, you've got to do it now. Also, um, yeah, we're away. And uh, yeah, I did. It was, but you, but you've got, say, like, say, most 30, 30, 40,000 people there. I mean, you try that hole. I mean, the big hole under the, under the Esplanade. And that's something different. Hopping out of there with everybody and you're out in front. That's significant. 
mean, you're clearing it by miles on them. So, well, I was. So, oh, you're, you're thinking, yippee. I mean, you've got that. You look up and you feel that. Let's back to Esco. Wow, that's great. Feeling. Um, that track always just looked really sketchy. You could die a million ways, man. Hit the train going up a wall. Yes, it was. It was done. But you're done. You know, I mean, Brad, we, I spoke with um, Stefan, it was a lot. So, I mean, it can make you a break. I mean, yeah, it could kill you. But if you use your head and you, and you treat it with respect, you can make a lot of time. You can make a lot of time. I mean, obviously, you get a good start. So, you've done a good start, which made it very, very safe. Then you went off uh, there for the little chicane, but then just in the end of that Archie Bridge, you can make a lot of time for there, because that was across the road, and those people shut off, but you like all another gear higher and across it further, you get a bit more speed, you know, and you, you can go another, another half a second or something, it, it went, it's added up. And then you went down on the road, and well, um, you can make time, or depends how quick you want to go across the road, you feel like screw your tire up or what, because you're going to make it ball lightning, so, you know. Yeah, I always thought that too. Did you try to kind of roll on easy so you didn't light it up? Well, I always tried to. You could burn through a tire. Well, I'm trying to pull a high gear. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You burn, you burn the tire straight away. Well, there again, on that track, it, it didn't make much difference because with did you did. It was so hard. And the the more the more rubber you had on the on the tr on the on the surface, obviously it was better, like I say. Yeah. But um, yeah, I did try to pull a higher gear for the much I did have to. You just had to know where you could push and where you had to be careful there. Huh? That's an important part. Well, you figured it out. So you 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 come across, did you wrap it up first mode or second? Second. Second. What was that feeling like? But um I would say yeah, I was some more relieved. Um I'll have to mum dad. Good. Uh they they put so much into me, so you know, for me, um, in May, well, I mean, I've been I've been in the live work for so long, you know, we year, all things that it didn't, you know, I mean, okay, yeah, we're all coming, it done, not then, done, now, yeah, okay, people say, cool, you know, but then I went, fair enough, there's more for them, so you know, great. I, I find it interesting because I do hear this from a lot of guys that. They wrap up a title. It's it's, a, it's not this feeling of like joy that they won. It's a feeling of ah, oh, like can finally exhale. Like, like the pressure off. <laughs> and I'm, it almost makes it not sound that cool. It's like really, man, you should. Well, no, I think mean, no, is is a funny thing. But you get you get to the point where, it's, you know, yeah, but everybody around you not trying to help you. I'm just yeah, please yeah, just try and get it up to you know try to help you, right? And you know. Deep down, you got to do it. But um, try and hide the pressure is a big thing. Try to hide it is very, very funny. But um, you know, it, anyway, it was difficult. But you can do it. Did you have a trick for that kind of um, getting yourself to just like look at one race at a time, not out points down the road, or try to kind of take the pressure off? Was it just years after the race? No, I'll try. Yeah, <laughs> no, um. No, we, uh, you, you can't, I mean, if you ride in, obviously, don't you're running that sort of stuff, but if you're like stuck to a bike and you've got 
it takes your mind off it, doesn't it? So yeah, um, and then you're, you're doing other things, you know, and so and help the mechanic do the truck or do something. Just keep that away. But if you're riding the bike, it's not so bad. So, yeah. but when when you when you when you when I've done that for me, mum, I mean, it's, yeah, with this great. I mean, they when they put so much into it, so I can, All right, what a good feeling to see them happy, probably, huh? Oh yeah. Uh, okay, so tell me about the after party. You say uh, you guys had one planned for London, but... yes. What do you want to know? I want to hear it. I want the details. Well, um, we had a glass of water. Yeah, you did. Come on. No, of course, of course. Like I said, uh, Honda made the regrets to a big party, a big, a big after in Luxembourg. So, um, we uh, we um, a big, big team from America. I was like, I said, I said, it's a well, I said, well, he said, well, I've got a restaurant down, further down the hill, right? But like, um, on the main street, main, main drag. And, um, so we, we got, um, a big restaurant down there. We always have the big party. And then, but then there's loads of other, I mean, uh, other than other English um, supporters were there. And, uh, did other riders come too? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they come down so well, and that sort of stuff, but that's good. I mean, you had, um, but yeah, but we, we ended up with eight restaurants, right? So, and I mean, I went down each restaurant to to, to talk to them and say thank you. It's a big thing, yeah. and it was so. Um, and I know that Honda picked up the whole lot. They were happy because they, I mean, I was the first world champion for Honda, so yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, you mentioned that earlier off camera that you, you were the first uh world championship for them. I, I guess I didn't realize that. that's what a what a cool little asterisk to your resume. That happened. Okay, let's take it. We did, it happened. I, mean, I, was, I was in the right place at the right time. So, yes. It is, yeah. Um, it happened again. What uh, What was the craziest championship party you ever went to? It wasn't yours. <laughs> craziest. Uh, now, you're taking the world in the world. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um... The craziest I would say happens in '83. What he do? What? Where was this? Braves was Braves was very very good as well, but Braves was a bit more today. I mean, but Braves was also very very good. And we all, but um, and then Harkins was in in, in uh, St Anthony's Hall mm. in '83. But and then he uh, he takes the white pair man. He Potter. On a uh, party in a sort of certain place in the, in the in the in the center. Right, so um, I uh, drove my went went home down to uh, into the, the into the, the village place. Uh, I drove in the middle. Well, that do good. So um, we uh, we then grew and brought Hanks and put the food and drink on for us. Went over there. We drank that. It was then I can go flying in. So of course, and all the Swedish entourage. So. And we got this other place, right? And this place was buzzing. Like, and there's loads and loads of Swedes in there. So we think, okay. I thought, this is going to be good. So, when they love a pie, when we all the English do it, and they're, they're all getting together and, yeah, we're the problem. So, um, and, and, and uh, yeah, I'd won the first race and I'd, um, I'd, uh, I'd won the, uh, won the, won the uh, World Championship for, uh, for Honda for the for the and manufacturers of the world. So 
it was good, I was happy, but, uh, and they said, we haven't got a contract for you next year, but that was one of those things, yeah, we, um, it was bad, it was, I didn't like it, but, um, I'll that later on, but, um, yeah, so then Harkins do, we go in this other party, right, and all these Swedes, they are drinking, and they're getting out of the so they, so Swedes, Swedes get after it pretty good, too. Oh, they run it, what the problem, I mean, they, we, we, we knew that, and then Harkins was there, and we were like, jump, yeah, we, well, you're right, I had, we will give it, we will give it all boost, and they start throwing the beer around and listen to that. So the big boss comes down, look, stop, music's off, like, stop, stop, stop. So you got to stop, like, so why? Well, no, 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 I'm not having this sort of thing. I thought, right, so I went, bang, out of top pocket, bang, sit on the table, right? And then um, I, it's all reports, but I know we start me having, so I just sit on the table, carry on. So, but because the music is so funny. So I told the story a few times, but it's so funny. Music goes back up and off we go. So, when they look another hour, hour and a half out now, so now the space is like moved. The, the guy behind the party moves and back the way, and they're behind the bar now. They're, they're doing all the optics. They are there. We are like drinking everything, right? They pull the we're flat out. And I think this is going to go wrong now for sure, right? Yeah. So then, you can guarantee, yeah, of course. But the guys, the guy who owns the place, he's done the, he's done the pretty job. So he kind of views this off. But stop, 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 stop. And I thought, well, it's Mike, he just said, you know, that's three times. And he said, Harkin goes, Rrr. he goes, like, yes. he's doing exactly the same as me, right? So I think, going to use it, and off we go again. So it's funny. So we, we were back at it again. And um, we had a good day, and this week's could drink. So we, we were, we were, Go very, very well, and I thought this is good. So then, then in the end, I mean, we 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 could we we drank the whole lot. Just to clean them out. It was the poor guy was stuck. I mean, he come down and said thank you and everything. I was like, we applauded him and everything. I was like, cheers, mate. But that is not your place, basically. But um, then we go back to the motor home, and well, I would invite everybody back, and we want to come back, and we'll they nick the beer at the garage. And we were like carrying crates across the thing and all sorts, and it was great. So we are going across there, and then music flat out, you know, as you do. And then there's all, it was like 20 streets, and I put the mat home, jump on the roof, and I thought, well, it's going to be, and then that stuff. So anyway, beside the point, music still flat out. So we carried it all, and um, next minute you got the door here. So it's a police, so you know, the, and then he said, they are growling. They always be growling. You listen to that? Well, yeah. And what? You know, it's just, so that we've got we've got a market here. So we basically like in, in two hours' time, you've got they've got to set the market up. You've got to get your money home back to the track. I said, I can't even see that. I'm fucking driving. But there you go. You have to. So will you drive it? I said, you drive, please. The take. I was like, okay. Well, you got to They pushed, so the officer stepping like, in, you wrote her back this draw. So they pushed me back in this this thing, but another thought, oh, I don't want to do this. But so anyway, and of course, the column changed the pulled the handle down, they put it right by an escort up the road. They walked in front of me, right back to the track, and another thought, this ain't right. Then right, there's, there's still the space on the roof, and another thought, music's flat up, and I thought, well done, Harkin. You know, you mentioned that out of me, but you, well done, you've done a great job. 
And then I thought, this is different. But it was, yeah. and I got back to the track, luckily, and that was it. That's awesome. Um, does Honda still support you now? Are they, or were they good to you after that? Because there should be some loyalty when somebody wins not only a world championship for you, or first world championship. Yeah, you know, it's difficult. I mean, I mean, I do talk to Roger Harvey a hell of a lot. I'm obviously the Honda boss. I'm, uh, yes, it'd be nice if we could get more in contact with the old people from, from the Honda. It'd be nice. So, I mean, and then me and Koshi was a big boss uh, at the time. And then you've got a load of other people, obviously, going there that done everything. I mean, they were a good team. But, um, I don't speak to enough of them. Should do. Um, okay. So, <clears throat> take us through 1980. You had a two-year deal, so you signed a new deal in 1980. A few more years. Good money? Yeah. I mean... It is. Well... Well, they, they, I mean, I had a deal where I was, um, give me the money, right? And then I had to get myself to the track. Okay. So that was all down to me. I, you know, I had everything called by that. So, um, yeah, well, good, good day, not a problem. But, um, and how did that season go? You had some injuries. Terrible. Yeah. You could have got it there, but no worries. Uh, we, I started off very, very well, you know, um, the training was going good. It was quick. You don't think anything about it, do you? But that's a shame. I did a rush from on ankle. I sort of shorter, shorter. Colbert, Colbert. Well, um, I'm taking this out. You know, trying to get back. I got back to France. Uh, Grand Prix there. Um. I was a road coming up to behind on the end of all this stuff and all taped up, but you, 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 you've got to do it. Some of that, I mean, they paid you a load of money. I mean, they don't, don't want to see you sat home doing nothing. So, yes, you've got to punish yourself. Yeah, we, we, we did. And um, well, I think it was overall there, which I shouldn't have got, but um, I did. Uh, and then, um, I don't know if that, with that British Championship, I think it was. Broke legal, but um, and then then the big one coming with the big one, Brownick. Oh, so yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, we did that. Yeah. So, what happened there? Well, yeah, it's, um, we were going riding well. Um, Gerard Brown was riding very well on Suzuki that day as well. Um, and uh, like when was when was second? I'm not sure, but but he got a good start and. Uh, I thought, we'd gone up the gate of the start. I was on the right side of him, and I thought, you've got to change over ground because I know you're going to jump wide. I jumped, and I cut across, and as I cut across, and we took off, there's an Italian rider on the inside, didn't turn around. He's like, nailed me, and I've got in. So, yeah. I mean, there's a picture somewhere with a bike, 100 foot up in the air. I mean, the bike was right off, so they scrapped that, sent him back straight back to Japan, like that list. Um, I was out on the track, and um, Roger thought I was dead. Um, so, uh, yeah, something good. So you took some, missed some rounds after that, or? Well, you do. Well, you do to a certain extent. I mean, yeah, I mean, then you're, I mean, the operation, um, 
I, uh, if, I mean, Dr. Goes, right, yeah, yeah, right, they've had all the pens today. I'm penned up. I don't, 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 everything's good. So, um, I said, don't worry for a certain amount of time, right? Okay, that's got in one ear. So, yeah, it's like a stupid idiot. But then, um, I was riding the bike way, way too early than what he said. Uh, and, um, I went back to him one day and I said, look, that's way it goes really, really, bad. really bad. He goes, whips and right again. So he x-rayed it. He said, you're not riding a bike. I said, well, of course I was. And then he goes, it's why." He said, your bottom pin that goes through your other pin falling out. So he said, that's going to have to have another operation to get your other pin out. And he said, you're broken your ankle at the same time. He said, that's okay. Oh, thank you. So a lot of But, so the other time, another operation, but the other pen out. He goes, don't, don't let go for such and such level. Yeah, okay, so of course, and when you're back on it again, and you can't help it. You're so stiff, so fit, you're so strong, you know, we're not fit, because you've just come back on the And you want to do it. You've got the adrenaline to do it, you know. The bike was good. I want to do it, so. Uh, I didn't, yeah, and then, what do you do? It is. Just can't, just can't keep going on. Um, I got an infection in the leg, you know, but um, you know, I come back and just go, so you bend that one more time. If you should take your leg off, it's as simple as that. You bend the pen, what can I do? Very good. That year, kind of a write off, huh? Um, okay, well, 81 will be your second um, year with Honda here with your two year deal. But let's take a quick break. Uh, this is your Torley Designs timeout. Stick around. We're going to be right back to finish up with Graham. There's a new product on the market that's going to help you with your riding and racing, and it's Elevate Action Sports. If you've not yet gone and checked it out at elevateactionsports.com, it's a collective of riding coaches, the likes of which has never been put together. Grant Langston, Ryan Hughes, Jeff Emick, Johnny Campbell, and myself, David Pingree, bringing all of our years of experience in professional racing to one place with professionally produced videos and all kinds of supporting staff to help you with your mental side of racing, your physical side, your bike setup, your bike maintenance. We cover it all. Get to Elevate Action Sports right now and join the community. There's a reason every AMA championship in the past decade was won on Dunlop tires. They are the best. Choose the best performing tire and a brand that has never wavered in their support of our sport. Choose Dunlop. Pro Circuit. Pro Circuit products are designed with one goal in mind, winning. Through passion and hard work, Pro Circuit has operated the most successful 250 team in the history of the sport. They use that same formula when developing exhaust, engine, and suspension parts for every brand. When only the highest level of performance is acceptable, trust Pro Circuit. Since 2009, Seat Concepts has been dedicated to making the best aftermarket seats. More comfort, more grip, more riding. For 10 years, we've continued to raise the bar. 
Innovation and American craftsmanship make Seat Concepts the world-leading manufacturer of power sports seats. Something from nothing. That's what Nihilo Concepts is about. It starts with a spark, an idea, a concept, which leads to a design and finishes with engineered excellence with the highest quality products created with durability in mind. All our products are made in the USA at our state-of-the-art facility in Stewart, Florida. Whether you are a weekend warrior, ride for fun, or at the highest level of competition, Nihilo Concepts offers innovative titanium, aluminum, and carbon fiber parts for your dirt bike. We offer a wide variety of products that you can customize to your liking. Browse our site for foot pegs, brake tips, engine components, specialty tools, frame grip tape, lever grips, carbon fiber components, motor stands, our secondary on-switch plus much more. Head to NihiloConcepts.com and see for yourself why factory teams like Red Bull KTM, Rockstar Husqvarna, Troy Lee Designs Gas Gas, Orange Brigade, Club MX, KLM Gas Gas, and some of the fastest riders in the world choose Nihilo Concepts. Specialized Bicycles. Specialized leads the way in the world of bicycling. Whether it's cross-country racing, downhill, e-bikes, enduro, road, gravel, dual slalom, dirt jumping, or all mountain bikes that do it all, Specialized has the perfect ride for you. The brand is synonymous with engineering excellence and innovation that steers the industry. Visit your local Specialized dealer for a test ride and see just how good Specialized products are. With a rich history in motocross, ProEct has been dedicated to supplying quality components since 1975. Whether you're rebuilding an engine or just need a new chain, ProEx Racing Parts aims to bridge the gap between OE quality and affordability. ProEx has over 9,000 part numbers and over 60 different product types that are manufactured by highly reputable or even OEM suppliers and are offered at affordable prices to help keep riders on the bike instead of in the garage. Visit ProEx.com to search parts for your bike or check them out at your favorite online or local dealer. The guys are just breaking in their race bikes, which will leave on the semi this Saturday to go to the first Supercross for our coast in Orlando. Uh, so the guys are just be goofing off a little bit, do some cool photos, do some cool videos. When you go racing, you want to do well, but a big key is keeping the bikes on the track. That's why we chose to work with Motul. Expectations coming in as a rookie is just to try and get my feet wet and uh, honestly just send it, see where I end up and uh, do my best out there, but just ride aggressive and ride like myself in practice and I uh, should have a good time. Challenges of this sport, I believe, is just simply staying healthy. Uh, with how fast we're going um, and what we're doing, your margin for mistake is really, really small. Stay sick. If you have little rippers, then you have had to have seen Stay Sick Bikes by now. We have created bike and experiences that allow kids to develop sooner and empower them to find their own ride. From learning to ride to sharpening skills, the Stay Sick promise is accelerated growth. 
Whatever path your family chooses, it's going to be the ride of your life. Stay six stability cycles. I'm on vacation every single day because I love my occupation. Hey, I'm on vacation. If you don't like your life, then you should go and change it. Hey, folks, welcome back. That was your Troy Designs timeout. Please get over to TroyLeeDesigns.com and look at uh, all the new gear. They've got new all line about to come out, uh, new helmets, paint departments, cranking, mountain bike gear, everything you need. Check those guys out. Uh, all right, Graham, back to your story here. So we're through 1980, a lot of injuries. It was um, kind of a rough year for you. So take me into 1981. Um, are you healthy coming into the season? What What are your thoughts? Where's your head at? How's your ankle, your neck? Well, I'm trying to get everything. I mean, you can. You got to start with it again. So you know, I'm part of the rough 80. So I'm um, 81. Yeah, I'm. I do a lot of training and uh, there's going well, but um, you know, um, you don't know until you get anywhere near first Grand Prix. I've done a lot of uh, international races um, in Belgium and Holland. That year was good, so uh, yeah, it was okay. But uh, you, you got um, you won the side off very well. Um, and you you ended up second overall that year to Andre Meller, but this was a this was a series you could have won. I mean, had things a few things here or there gone right, right? There's always if, buts, woods, coulds, and everything else in it, but yeah, yeah, okay. Yes, there is things that did happen. Um, where, you know, I'm me, Michael got smashed um, with a battery pack um, in, uh, in Luxembourg, but... Uh, what happened there? I was coming down the year um, and uh, I was um, about my own dry at the time, but um, I mean, there's people who say, they know it is, but I've heard different names and different stories. But uh, you know, until you know exactly, you can't. I'm not going to do nothing anyway. But it's, but anyway, so then I got smashed over the hand over the battery pack, and me knuckle there that was there, it should be there. Um, got smashed up, and um, I still rode about seven or eight laps with it. It wasn't too bad, but um, until the bone came through the glove, I thought that's hurting now because it it, 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 changed, it changed position a little. I got that. So I stopped. But uh, yeah, that was the end of that. Um, I, I think Brad mentioned that in his show about that happening. And, um, crazy one that the spectators are that close and, and that they would be yeah, but, that malicious to smack a rider in their hand. You don't, yes. They're, but they're, they're very, um, yeah, everybody's excited. They want their riders to win away. I mean, like I said, um, it's just it's just adrenaline. Yeah, so yeah, and yeah, it's bad. What it is? So you need a surgery on that to fix the bone. Yeah, went by the old doctor. Yeah. Doctor who done me leg and everything else. Right, by the old doctor again. He's not fantastic. Well, I saw him like a lot. Yeah, had to be good friends with him. Oh yeah. Um, and you still ended up that championship in second. So did you not miss many rounds? Well, that was the last one. Ah, and was lucky. That's right. But uh, yeah, your mum was a good year, but um, should have pulled off. That was my that was a mistake. I mean, the head, I won three championships. Paper, I won one. So, yeah, but, where's. Um, tell me about the American racing you did. 
Um, I know you came over for obviously USGP, Carlsbad. Um, did you get a Dilla? Yeah. What did you think of those? I mean, we that was about... good. I did that. Um, that was obviously in the trailer. I'm sorry, but so um, I did like a lot. Um, that was uh, do press on the Saturday, and uh, yeah, it was good. A lot of grass at the top. Remember that? Turn right down here. Yes, nice track. But one of the tracks you want to go back again and again, getting really used to. It. I didn't think we'd get riding. I know I didn't. Yeah. I could have really motored around there, but I didn't have enough time. But there again, it's safe for everybody. It does take some time to get used to, and that would have been the era when it was still really good. Bumpy. A lot of the good loose topsoil yeah, got pulled off later. It's not not the same, but yeah, Bob, Bob took off right there. Yeah. Um, what about the? Uh, I know you raced at Sears Point. You did a race up in Washington. These were were those trans Transams or what were those? Sears Point. Yeah, we went. Yeah, we went. We done we done Seattle and we got the Sears Point, but um, yeah, that was that was good, very really, really good. And you had you and uh, DeCoster had a little get together at Sears Point. Was that a, a battle you guys had? Yeah, I don't can't remember what exactly the end of the result was, but I know um uh, we had a very good race. Uh, all the Honda boys at Jim and there was a very Money Trotch, Money Smith. Um, all the boys were on the total maker then, but uh, Irish Stat was there, right? Yes. Um, was that a pretty fun track? Because we didn't that didn't stick around long. Just real, probably a lot like Farley, or you know, it was a very very good track. They just like when I mean, there was a track, and they just stuck, stuck the uh, plastic rope, rope made that sort of thing, yeah, and um, that was it. They did no prep and bullshit like that, so that's good. It was a genuine track. When you look at every photograph, you can see it. Yeah, it looked looked fun. Uh, and you you hung out with Pomeroy a bit. You guys were buddies. Uh, you had a few different friends over in the U.S. <laughs> then you look at the story about probably with it. Yeah, I want to hear the whole the uh, the grand hall. Yes. Um. So I traveled with. Well, I've been with Galen because Paul Galen's gone now, unfortunately, Galen Moser. But um, we we would travel together, and I we went to um uh Seattle, done that race, and um, when I was on Mako, and uh, Galen goes, oh, he said, we'll go back, we'll go to Pomeroy's house, he said, his garage, and we use that to work on the bikes. So, okay, so fair enough. I'm a young lad, eighteen, I think it was nineteen at the time, so. No, we're working on a bike, and I've got, I've got the, I've got the forks. Hey, I'll put the forks back in. So I've got halfway for the yokes, and now they got to go for the top yokes, right? Which the Lego were hard to do. So now normally you like put screws over it and open up the thing, just start dripping. No, obviously they, they'll, they'll do German mechanic. You know, takes off the stand. Now does it get some more? So I thought, ah, and that's a no problem. Now I'm head down, up, following across this this. This garage floor, right? You've got to see this. I mean, you can picture it. Me with the maker, right? My hands right flat out. And Gunny's going, no. I what shit. I mean, I'm heading towards this big white wall, right? And I can just, I was like around this thing and push his forks up for it. And I thought, here we go, bang, right? And there's a massive hole in Jim and Dan, Jim's dad's and garage, right? I've just hit all the, all the stub work. And I thought, you prat. You prat, right? And I thought, 
what you're going to do now. Right? So this guy, guy that laughing, his socks off, going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, oh shit! I said, yeah. I said, oh, I said, I want this thing. Well, I said, no. I said you run. So I've ran this this maker through through this Jim's not don't laugh. Jim's dad's uh, in his walk in the garage, right? And I thought. So with that, Jim comes out of the house. So, hey man, yeah. Jim's got a flying and jumping on dad. As he did, the, my Jim was always buzzing. And uh, he was a lovely bloke. And um, he said, I said, Jim, I said, I've got a big problem. I said, I said, I made a big mistake. He said, uh, and what was I said, uh, I said, I've just made a big hole. And dad's all right here. He looked at it, he goes, yeah, well, yeah, man. He said, we can fix that. Right, that was Jim's word. We can fix that. Right? I, said, I said, okay, yeah, good. No, I thought we are going to get a saw, you know, a better, better, better board, and we'll not, I'll not make it good, and we'll get it in there like no problem at all. Lord goes, Jim, right. I mean, he's gone 10 minutes, comes back. I mean, he's got, say, four cakes of beer, right? And I thought, well, they ain't going to fix the hole. Yeah, man, he said, it will, right? Of course, they were on the beer, so well, that day's done. So, and I thought, well, all, I'm, all I'm worried about is the whole book. His dad was away at the time. He was away, thank goodness. And uh, I thought, oh, I've got to get this, this sort out. So there's Jim's side hat on the beer and all, you know, yeah, well, but Dodger said, yeah, that, like, that day's done. I thought, right. So now, the second day, I thought, right, Jim, please help me out. We've got to get this right. Please, right? So we've got to get this sorted because this ain't looking too good, right? There's a massive hole there. With a, with a maker, right? And basically, right, gone through this wall. And I thought, and then bang, open the door, right? And please, Donnie, about that. And Donnie can look because for the, for the, for the, for the other, for the main, main door, right? Now he's got a big old Olympic torch in his hand, right? And a bottle of Jerry Dean in his other hand. And I thought, no, go away, please, because that's going to be no good to me. That's not going to fix the wall either. You know, no, Jerry, please. He goes, yeah, man, he's super fixed. And Jim comes out, we'll do that again. What's that? Jim buzzed off, comes back out. And look, we've wasted two days on the booze, right? And I thought, that's so In the end, we'd done what I thought was going to happen in the first place. No, the cardboard stuff and no, the duct tape, you know, just stuck all back up together. And I felt so sorry for his dad. I thought, he's going to go nuts, you know. Yeah. We, England's going to smash his, his garage up. I thought, that ain't more it. So um, now we we've 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 uh, gone down to um um uh, uh Phoenix, and we know it's already done. Seattle, we know Phoenix. Then Jim goes, he said, "Dad is selling the property, right?" He said, well, "You've got to sign the hole anyway, right?" Jim, I said, "I'm flying back to America and to the UK the next day." He said, "You got," he said, "You got to sign the hole." I said, "All right," so I like cancelled that flight, so. I flies up to Seattle, right? Signs the whole ground hole, that sort of stuff, right? Dirt bike rider got a picture, right? Now they have, right? Of course, Jim goes back on the beer again. So we're there. But then I'll fly back to the UK. Oh, I wonder how that was hard work. <laughs> that was hard work. Cost you three nights of being hammered drop. Oh, what a guy. Yeah, oh, yes. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Brilliant, man. Um, what about the other guys down here? Uh, you spent a little bit of time with Tripes as well. <laughs> Bloody Tripe, right? Marty Troy's fantastic man. Yes, she's Marty Troy's well, well, Marty Troy's Marty Smith, uh, Tommy Crawford were caught in that, that area, didn't they? Which I was very friendly with them, and you know, 
come and let me stay at his house and had a Gary Savix and everybody that's really great talk you know um, yeah fantastic any good stories with those guys I went with my book Spokes was just himself and rock I mean it, we, we, we went at one yeah Tripsy one day and he goes yes he said um, and all the boys are coming over he said because Steve Wines was over as well um, on the whole there there is a Steve Wines a and Rolf come down for well, everybody, right? So, and he goes, There's a there's an old post production bike over there. He said, You can ride. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Marty. Right. So, anyway, I I filled up fuel and off I went, you know, when the problem. Um, they were they were the factory boys, but when the problem. So, we took a trail run, supposedly. But then, uh, you know, you, know, you got the picture where the, the, there's, there's the, um, the big truck, right? And they jump over the top of it, right? So, I thought, Okay, then. Marty goes, we'll jump the trap. Well, like, no thought. I don't think this has got enough steam, this whole thing, but we'll give it a go. So I backed up and I fired this thing up this hill as quick as I could. Luckily, I cleared it, right? I got over the top. Oh, thank goodness for that. I said, right now, Marty. Now he said, well, we'll, we'll jump on the way down. He said, wait, well, take off. He said, we'll do it. So Marty was, but Marty was good on the bike, and he we had like pre jump it and we I jump over the top of this thing on the way down, right? And I thought, What am I doing here? What am I doing here? Just so anyway, but we did do it. We got back. And all the boys done that, but what a fantastic time. I but that's that's what they got. We do some special things. Um, was that down south like Palm Avenue or where were you guys going? It is Money Money's Money Tribes house right the way down, yeah. We went one day we we um we were, we were, Ricky Johnson, I talked to him when he came to England that time. Uh, he knows what I was talking about because we, I pushed a bike through this great big tunnel once um, to go practicing. Right out, you might have been right out on the back of this, on this motorway, right? Yeah. And I think Ricky needed right once, but anyway, that's all built on their ground. But there's one hell of a place, and then it's all the boys. And I went, I was just worried about a snake doing the tunnel or something like that, and he don't know, do And um, anyway, we pushed his bike all through his tunnel. Got it the other side, started up the bike. And there was a lovely track there, but that's how I brought it. That's got to be down there somewhere, yeah. San Diego area. Oh, look at it. All right, so take me into the following season. Um, good season in 81, second overall, um, going to 82. This is your last year with Honda. Uh, how did that season go? I just shame. Um, shame. Good one. Um, I don't call about all that one, and then uh, I would come back. But uh, I wasn't. Things weren't pushing that good. But A three was so was going okay. But um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I won the last race for a Honda, actually, which way Honda, the manufacturers were champions, so they were pleased with that. But then they said, we haven't got a voyager for you next year. I said, well, thank you. That's how I see it. It could help. That's right. I think you won, the, you won the Swedish GP that year too, right? In 82? Mentioned. Fourth overall in the series, won the Swedish round. Um, I wanted to ask you about that bike. That's 
it's interesting to hear your take and it sounds a little different than what like Johnny O and RJ and Bailey say about the 82. They say that thing was, uh, you know, Donny Hanson. They say that thing was the trickiest work spike ever. 82 to 85, right? Uh, but you didn't, you were like, eh, it's okay. You didn't seem to be real hyped on it. It was, uh, it, well, it was, yes, it was a special point. I mean, it's very difficult when they, the Honda had done so much, right? And they'd, they developed, well, all the manufacturers had, obviously, but uh, what can you do next? But they, 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 um, they done a really, really good job. Every three years they changed it. It's a fantastic bike in my mind. Um, uh, I don't know where we have different stuff than what the Americans had, but um, yeah. You said your tests were different than theirs, right? Like you and Thorpe had come over and tested for your we, bike. We we had different. Um, yeah, so I know you meant that. Yes, because uh, we come over and um, uh, when when the first one call come out and um. Uh, we were at a track and we were going around and um but we didn't have nothing to compare it with right so i thought well i said to dave i said this just doesn't feel right and the mechanics i said steve then i said this don't feel right i said this just feels like sort of sluggish um maybe we should like change the jet and take it over there maybe a bit leaner but um uh then i said can we compare it with the, with the air cooled they said now everything's back in japan so um the big cheese then did say that we'll fly one over for you. So they flew on back from Japan over to America and California. And then we used, we tried that. And, and yeah, it was no point me and Dave doing a start because everyone was quicker or whatever. So I drew a line in the sand, you know, so Dave said, come there. And so you get the right, hold it flat out in the same gear. We'll see what happens. And the water cooled one was quicker. But they chilled very quick. That's what was annoying. But, Change the um the characteristics of the bike, but um, obviously it's, it was just as quick or quicker because it did make it did have, it did have the power and Honda would never never release on power and yeah. lose the power. It was just a smoother delivery, so it didn't feel as exciting. Yes, yes, yes. And were you working with Dave Arnold at the time, or who was there at Honda? Dave was there, yeah, but he was um no, well, didn't work for Dave, but um. Now Dave, Dave, um, take him over. I think uh, after because Steve was I mean, at a yeah at a point. I'm not sure in there who was where. Well, he was he was the boss then, but then Dave Arnold took over. Yeah, <laughs> he had two years before Roger took over. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I just thought it was interesting that you guys were you had the. European GP test sessions were not lumped in with U.S. test sessions. And at that time, you're both on work bikes. It seems weird that there would be, why not all work together or, you know. Well, it would have been a be would have been a good thing, but I think, like, uh, our bikes are different because, obviously, fuel is different. So yeah. that's the biggest thing. I mean, it makes a big, big difference um, with the fuel. Um, but um, no, we, we, had a, we had a good time. I mean, i never forget, we were up in... Um, the north, of, north, of, just above the north of LA, and uh, we were doing a big test. What well, on America were doing a big test then? Marty Tropes, right? And I stayed with them. And they wanted me to stay behind, and do some testing with, with Marty. And um, we were just changing the shockers over then from laying down up to laying up straight. And um, we were two seconds a lap quicker with the, the shocks stood up straight. Mm. That was interesting time. Yeah. 
There was a lot of development going on in that window. Oh, yeah. I mean, water cooling, it breaks, a lot of stuff. Um, okay, so 82, you finished that season up. And were you disappointed that Honda didn't come back with an offer? I mean, or, or how did that get went, go down? Oh, I'd had an inkling, um, but uh, yes, but my mechanic, had, he, he, he was doing 100 hours a week. He said, I knew he was a bit, he was, he was a bit fatigued, but saying he needed a bit more out. And, um, I, we, I said, Look, what do you want to do? He said, I don't think we'll do another gear grab. So I said, all right, uh, that was some, that put nothing there on in the coffin, basically. But I thought, right, because he was a good bloke. And I thought, well, um, there's nothing else I can do now. So I had to, I had to step back. But um, uh, they had made their mind that they want to sign them under a woman. So, Nothing I could do about that. But, uh, the funny thing was, I was talking to Kawasaki, Alec Wright, Kawasaki, uh, in the UK, and um, we wouldn't, we couldn't just see either way. That was a, it's a shame. Um, but um, then I, they said you've missed a phone call. Um, I've been away on holiday. Honda uh, tried to get back on me again because they changed their mind. Right. So it's very, very difficult. Well, I thought, why go on holiday? But there you go. What can you do? Yeah, I, no, nothing you can do at that point. Um, you ended up riding a KTM that year, but not for the whole year. Take us through what happened there. No, that was a shame. Um, well, that was a funny enough. That was a funny. That was a good point. But when I went over, there, there was they were they were uh, um, they made some, a very good point. But uh, they're trying to think to get ahead of themselves because when I went there to try the bike, they did that. Kickstart one, they gone up something, then kickstart. I went a bump it. Yeah. Yes, so the, it was a funny thing. But the power of band on that was you, you have a bike you can only bump start? I mean, that's insane. Oh, I don't. I, don't, I mean, I'd done sort of Grand Prix, it's very bad. And uh, we, we, then it, they, they did make one, but then the shaft kept breaking. And there was all sorts going wrong. The thing had a lot of, lot of torque, I think. That's what was mm -hmm. the biggest problem. Mm -hmm. They couldn't they couldn't make one and that was it was wrong mistake. And they were just not playing ball, yeah, and we couldn't we couldn't do it now. But the boat was it was ball very well. Mm -hmm. But you you didn't finish that season, right? You ended up having just saying uh um call it good. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't that. I mean we, we we tried and tried and tried, but if if we can't put it all together, you know, Adam I did, you can't embarrass uh, KTM and I don't want to embarrass myself. You know, it's very difficult. Yeah. That's a hard position to be in, to be trying to develop a, a, a new, you know, a bike that's not there yet. But this bike had some, had some potential. It obviously has because I don't have any changes this one. Yeah. But it's very difficult. Yeah, I've come a long ways. Uh, all right, so the following year, that, that was it for your racing career after you Hung it up on that KTM. You were done from pro racing. Yep. Well, it was, but I come, I come back again. I bought, bought a standard um, Honda um, production. Honda. I tried to, tried to revitalize it, but it went. Okay. Just a lot tougher to do it on your own and on a stock bike. But it's and you have nothing to choose, so. That's it, right? I mean, you got to have the passion there. If it's not there, you're 
uphill battle. <laughs> it's, it, you know, it is, but then if something goes boiling, I'm not anything. I used to write one more oil. It's difficult. Yeah. But there you go. Um, you did some coaching the next year. Uh, Carl Nunn, Merv Anstey, some other folks did some vintage racing. Um, was that stuff enjoyable for you? Yeah. Um, uh, Carl was a funny rider. Carl could, I don't know, I don't know but he was, um, I want to say, very much like, um, he, 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 his knees don't actually touch the tank. I mean, he could just like float on the bike. I mean, he was very, very good, Carl was. Um, the same. It could have gone a lot further, but we just couldn't pinpoint um, certain areas where uh, boy we were winning all the time. But um, he he was good. I mean, the focus weren't. I got told everybody had to never give up. Right, so he he the bike the bike flopped up on the start line, and um, in the end he cleared it. Right, so he came from not from last. He came from back from back a bit lot further. And then he got up to the last guy, then he went forward and forward and forward. And he got up to fourth place. So Carl was riding really good. And, you know, he don't give up, which he didn't. But, uh, uh, yeah, he, had, he, had a, he could ride around some. Um, did, was it good for you to continue to ride a little bit once you quit racing professionally? Yeah, I enjoyed it. That's good. But, you know, it's difficult to, you know, what, what, what do you do? I mean, because my body's not, not, Healthy it was, you know, so it's very, very difficult. But uh, the angle was the worst thing. And I've got a cracked shoulder blade because that would never fix. So oh. it's not good. But, yeah. Pretty beat up. That's pretty typical of old motor guys, huh? It's, well, it's not one thing, it's another. I'm not the only one. No. I'm not the only one. Um, and you've been working with a buddy of yours ever since, right? You showed up to help him out one day. And how many years have been there? <laughs> oh, with Laura, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, but the, the, this this is very good friends of mine. But um, yeah, Jim goes that he drove a lorry for me one day and just helped me out and he had up on. So sixteen years later, I'm still there. I don't know how, but I'm. They let me drive it still. Yeah, well, good. Um, speaking of driving, you got a good rental car story. I know you smashed some rental cars in your days. Yeah, I want to hear your best one. All right, Lord. Everybody loves a good rail car story. There's several. Um, I remember um, Galen and 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 uh, Gary Sir was talking about rail cars uh, many years ago. Um, I'm trying to serious, but uh, yeah, we were Brad and myself. We we had a there was a break between um, the Grand Prix like years ago. I don't know why, but it was well, we had a bit of a break. So he wanted to go to Sandra Pike, which well, which we had a dog, which we should have done. And, okay. I just we want to go. I want to go to Jersey instead, like a football, so in the Channel Islands. So um, I don't know why, but we did go over there. Yes, um, and uh, well, it's poor car. So but the pubs are open all day over there. So you know, um, <laughs> and me and Brad, we do look at Temple. So you know, um, and uh, I started off driving it in the first place, and uh, you know, it hit a curb, and you hit another curb, and then you got no tires, and you're on the rim, and you know, I think there's a spark flying, and I think. Brad goes, Brad, he said, I'm having to go now. I thought, thank goodness for that. So you carry on, pal. You know, like, I mean, I'll sit in the passenger seat and just hang on. And yeah, Brad took over. And look, we got towards the end. I said, we've got to get this back. We're at the airport. Don't worry. Right. I think we're stuffed. I said, we've got to get it back quick. And just out the way, I said, we were drunk. I spent some dinner. 
we got it back and then he I thought perfect just walking away with this guy shaking us going excuse me excuse me so I was thinking you know, uh, then we had to turn around and we got stopped oh yeah you had to pay for all the damn well, no we got to portion the island that's up that was the end of that no what well, can you say old Brad he went over there we went that was the only time I think he went to get me but that's it but, oh no yeah that was him done the car was knackered it happens Something ran on Friday or something, right? You just tell him that. Well, you got to swear to miss the dog, didn't you? Yeah. Hey, kill the dog. What would you want me to do? <laughs> There's that small maze right across the road. You know? Oh, no, we, we were we were having, but it was good fun. You and Brad seemed to have some pretty good times, and he wouldn't give up any of the goods about his championship party. What can you tell me about his championship party? What'd you guys do? Oh, very good friends. Brad and very good friends with Laurie's wife as well, so I don't want to upset anybody, <laughs> but now they... They they had a fantastic time. I mean, you know, he deserved exactly what he got. Um, he worked it for a long time. You know, yeah. he'd gone through a lot. And they were listening to his story is very very good. Um, yeah. I mean, he says a couple of the drinks and then uh, called it a night early. I say bullshit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How long you got? <laughs> no, he's had he had a few drinks. Um, we all had a few drinks, but uh. That's fine. I mean, Brad he was was very, very, very strong willed, but he I mean I never forget listening to him. I think it was in eighty three no eighty two when he won the championship. We were in Finland. I'll never forget this. And um they just set up another another frame or something and um and that was a shock as well. And uh they were arguing with his mechanic and he, and he goes, Look, he said, Man, he said, We're gonna set forward to the frame. And I thought you know, so um, and then he got, as he got the JD out, I mean, Brad's on the Jack Daniels and, and the Temple, and uh, I said, Do it, just set forward. But he said, I've had enough. So, and Brad was serious, so I wasn't messing about. And uh, I don't know the outcome of that, but uh, I'll go out of the way. But uh, he was definitely not having it. He's ready to burn that thing to the ground. They were, I just only but certain fright, I don't any it was a shock, uh, but he. He messed up, but I think they set fire to the frame anyway. <laughs> but there's, that was him. I mean, he's strong, but he's, he deserved it. Great. Well, listen, you don't win a world championship without deserving it. I mean, they don't, they don't hand those things out. <laughs> um, tell me about your family. You've been married a couple times, right? And you got two kids? Yes. I hope you. Tell me about your kids. Where are they at? And Greg and Georgia, yeah, they're fine. Greg's uh, he's in... Um, Palmer, no, um, he does. A, he's a marine engineer. He does all the boats, doing very extreme well. So he gets flown, flown all around the world to drive these big super yachts. Uh, I don't know. Big people. George, that was a bad gig. George is in the UK. She's got her own, her own company called uh, Events, which she flies around the world doing a you know, big company. She's doing well. Um, so yes, luckily the kids are doing all right. Uh, lucky, yeah. And he, you and I were chatting about him uh, earlier, why he did or didn't get into riding. And you said he rode a little bit, but decided he wanted to play football instead. And... Yes, it's a funny thing. I mean, he was. I mean, he was very interested when. I mean, I bought him a PW50 uh, to ride you know, for Christmas, as you do. Um, and Georgia rode as well. She was very good as well. Um, but you know, you can't. And we had Honda said to me, growing up. 
you can have your Sinclair or whatever he wants, right? So if he wants to do it, do the do it. So I am very fortunate with that and I asked him, we were coming back from a race one day. I said, look, I said, I just been speaking to the boss. I said, he said, do you want to do racing? What? He said, I'm not sure, Dan. I said, don't. I said, no. I said, what do you think about it? I said, but that's not really the answer, is it? I said, I said, because your mates said yes. So um, all his mates could play football, you know, um, and they couldn't ride a mountain bike. But I did, I did take him up the final, uh, where we ended, and I did teach them all riding a bike with a helmet on their house, and they all enjoyed it. But they haven't got, they couldn't afford a mountain bike. So yeah. very difficult, you know, so, but they all play football. So, yeah. You know, um, it was difficult. Maybe his mum got around the corner and said, Wait, don't, don't do that. You know, I don't know. But, you know, this, you can't force him to do it. Well, there's certainly an amount of pressure that would come with having your dad be a world champion. Yeah. It puts a little shadow over you that would be tough yeah. to dig out of. Yeah, yeah. I remember when we come back sometimes and they say, Do you know when a son says, um, so it's his dad? I said, No, but you think if he ever do, but it's like back in my day when I was at school. Yeah. And they go, Oh, yeah, we're just done. Their, their dad is watching racing lot, so it goes back a long way, right? And then, they, then it puts pressure on them. You think, I don't want this. Yeah, it's very, very difficult. But, uh, no, so luckily they're right. Yeah. No, but they, it does burn a lot. Yeah. That's good. Have I have a couple of kids that are 15 and 16, two girls, and they're, they're in the teenage phase. I'll just say that. But, uh, man, my goal is just, I just want them to be, successful and happy man how how good does it feel to have both of your kids lovely, yeah. like just launched and having their own lives you gotta feel good right oh yeah tell me it takes some pressure off <laughs> <laughs> well by this way but they do get up to that ditch too i mean my son's flat out still he is just full yeah he's um yeah he's doing great i was by it honestly i suppose yeah don't think i was dead <laughs> no he's, he's great but uh uh, George, they're all doing very, very well. Um, yeah, they're, they're going to do what they want to do. It's simple. Long as they've gone and didn't hopefully go in the right direction, you know. Oh, no, it's difficult. You're shaking it. Don't you? Ah, I mean, it's just tough. Being a parent, it's not for the weak. Um, we ask everybody this final question, all our guests. It's, it's uh, kind of a legacy question. How do you want to be remembered in the sport? What would you say to that? Never give up. Never give up. I mean, I've always tried. And, you know, you've always got people around you and if they see you not giving up, then they're going to try try again. Um, that's what you can do. I mean, you know, boy, if you're in that, if you go into an event or whatever, if you do anything, you know, and never give up. You know, just just can. Just can. Just, you can. You've got to, if I start, sorry, I'm going to finish it. Good advice. Well, you know, Fact that you've got a world title to your name, I know. I think says a lot about you there. Yes, I mean, you know, there's a lot of things that can be said about it, but yeah, yeah, okay, solid advice. Well, listen, Graham, thanks so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. Uh, it's been a lot of fun going through your story. You're a legend in the sport. Um, somewhere between Ronnie Lachine and Danny Chandler, you kind of fit right in that window. <laughs> yeah, we're fine. They're good guys. Yeah. Little heavier accent, but you got a lot of the same traits. So, um, thanks so much for taking the time. And no problem. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Uh, stick around, everybody. We're going to be back to wrap up the show. I want to be bad with you, girl, like we're robbing a bank. I want to be 
All right, guys, welcome back, and uh, thanks for tuning in. I want to thank Graham for taking the time to come in. Uh, definitely didn't have to do that. He made a two-hour drive down here just to be here. I want to thank MX Vice for letting us use their studio. Super gracious to those guys. And if you guys are looking for GP coverage, that's a spot to go. Uh, so check them out. And um, as always, if you're looking for bikes or gear, chains, tires, any of that stuff, please let, have a look at our sponsors. Uh, some of them do have discount codes, but we curate who we partner with very carefully. And we only support and promote very premium brands. Uh, anything that we're telling you to try, uh, it's because it is top level, elite level products. And um, we want to make sure that uh, we continue to keep them here. So support them uh, and then keep supporting the show and we'll keep bringing you these. So thank you guys so much for the support. We'll see you next time. The Whiskey Throttle Show is brought to you by Yamaha. Join the Blue Crew today and take advantage of all that Yamaha has to offer, including amateur racing trackside support, awesome Yamaha contingency, Jason Rain's demos and instructional classes, and frankly, the most high-performing motorcycles available in the market today. Whether you're looking for a four-stroke, a two-stroke, a side-by-side, -side, a quad, a boat, a generator, Yamaha prides themselves on absolute top-level quality and reliability. Rev your heart with Yamaha and join the Blue Crew today. Method Race Wheels, bringing you the lightest, strongest, fastest wheels in off-road for your truck, van, sprinter, UTV, or SUV. They've been dominating the Baja 500 and 1000 and every major off-road event around the world for years with high quality and performance. They also look amazing. They come in a bunch of different styles and colors for your rig, so check them out. You can get 20% off a set of wheels using our code WHISKEYTHROTTLE. No capitals, no spaces. 20% off using our code. Check them out. Troy Lee Designs is the leader in off-road motocross apparel and style. So whether you're looking for a cool new paint job for your helmet, maybe your name and number on your helmet lettered on, you're looking for new gear, you're looking for mountain bike gear, off-road gear, they've got the brand new Scout line and GP and SE models. Troy Lee Designs has it all. They've been leading this industry for decades, and they're going to continue to do it. Check out TroyLeeDesigns.com. SKDA is a moto graphics and seat covers company with several offices based around the globe. For too long, bikes and graphics have all looked the same. They just start to blend together. SKDA is working to change that. With super clean and unique design work, a bike with SKDA graphics stands out in a crowd and adds a touch of art to the world of moto. Hey, we need that. SKDA prides itself on providing premium customer service both before and after the sale is made. Visit SKDA online to view the current product range and get in touch with their team to get your bike refreshed. I want to just make a mention here that these guys, not only is their design way outside the box, very, very cool. They'll work with you on custom things. The, the products are incredible, okay? They'll speak for themselves. But what's really awesome, and you'll notice this the minute you order one of these, man, they give you an email saying, hey, the product's been shipped. Uh, hey, the product is here. It landed in this spot. Hey, it's coming today. Hey, your product's been delivered. They, they're just so good about staying in touch with you and letting you know where it's at. Customer service is 100%, and uh, that's just something that's rare these days. Check out SKDA. Here at the Whiskey Throttle Show, we're all about supporting brands that support our sport. And there's one tire company that has never walked away from the sport of motocross and supercross, and it's Dunlop. When times got tough and the economy took a crash, Dunlop stepped up and stayed with our sport to support it and the athletes and individuals that love it. Their MX-53 line and MX-33 lines absolutely dominate this sport. Every national championship at the pro level has been won in the last decade, and nearly every single amateur national championship at Loretta Lynn's has been won on a Dunlop. So if you're looking for high performance, you're looking for 
amazing quality and you're looking to support a brand that never turns its back on our sport, there's only one choice for you and it's Dunlop. Pro Circuit is the leader in aftermarket performance and quality. Whether you're looking for a little more horsepower out of your engine, some quality hard parts to improve the way your bike feels and looks, better handling through suspension or linkage or linkage arms, Pro Circuit is where you need to stop. It's your one-stop shop. You can go in there and get everything you need to make your motorcycle go from average to exceptional. Pro Circuit's got enough number one plates on their wall to side an entire home, and there's a reason for that. They're very, very good at what they do. Uh, the highest quality products with one goal in mind, and that's winning. Check out ProCircuit.com. Nihilo Concepts is leading the way in aftermarket hard parts. With their secondary on-switch device, something that was much needed in this sport, they've been innovating and bringing new products to market. Their latest is the new Nihilo Run-Cool Brake Pistons. They're designed to be stronger than stock and provide exceptional cooling performance with less brake drag. Most OEM calipers pistons are made from aluminum that just can't hold up to the heat and extreme demands of serious racing. When they get hot, the aluminum will distort, causing loss of hydraulic pressure and brake failure. Nihilo's run-cool pistons limit the area that boiling hot hydraulic fluid is able to come in contact with the piston, leaving two-thirds of the piston volume in open air with breather holes to enhance the cooling ability. It's made of a proprietary stainless blend, which is better at dissipating heat. You have issues with brake fade or brake failure, check out Nihilo Concepts among their many amazing hard parts and carbon fiber parts and titanium. NihiloConcepts.com. Seat Concepts is the leader in motorcycle saddles. If you're looking for a new cover or a new seat entirely, Seat Concepts is the place to go. They make custom seat foams catered to your height, weight, riding ability, riding type. They also have waterproof covers and, and foams that will not break down if you ride in a lot of inclement weather. And they pride themselves on being much more comfortable than OEM or any other aftermarket company. If you're looking for a new seat or a new cover, Seat Concepts, there's nothing better. Need to replace something on your bike that's worn out? Look no further than Pro-X. These guys aim to make everything OEM quality or better at an affordable price. And they've also got some new products coming. So right now, chains, sprockets, anything inside the, in the engine internally, air filters. If it wears out, Pro-X makes it, and they make it at a quality level that's OEM or better. And they've got some new things coming that are awesome. A complete engine rebuild kits for the Polaris RZR 800s, Need to replace something on your bike that's worn out? Look no further than Pro-X. These guys aim to make everything OEM quality or better at an affordable price. And they've also got some new products coming. So right now, chains, sprockets, anything inside the, in the engine internally, air filters. If it wears out, Pro-X makes it, and they make it at a quality level that's OEM or better. And they've got some new things coming that are awesome. A complete engine rebuild kits for the if you've got a little Grom that's looking to get started in the motorcycle world, the best way to get them going is on a Stasic bike. They've got multiple sizes, so from your very young Groms to those who are a little more grown up, you can start them safely. They've got controls that allow you to control the speed so he can't get going too quick. They can touch the ground. There's not a lot of noise to distract them. It's the perfect way to get your child involved in motorcycling at a very young age. And if you've got a kid who's already out ripping, there's series popping up all over. For those of you in Southern California, go to www.ameminicross.com and join their local series. If you're outside of this state, contact your local track and ask them about starting a Stasic class at your local track. Get over to stasic.com and check out all they've got going on.
Motul USA, uh, we, we lean hard on these lubricants to keep us uh, on the track and on the trail. And Motul has proven their quality over and over, uh, most recently with their Dakar win with Ricky Brabeck. Uh, they're sponsoring Supercross teams. They're diving into our sport again full, full throttle, and uh, we're stoked to have them on board. Amazing products, top to bottom. Motul USA, go check them out. And finally, last but not least, specialized bicycles. If you are in the market to start pedaling, this is where you want to start. Uh, they've got great entry-level bikes all the way up to the Cadillac, the new Levo um, e-bike. Uh, any, anything in between, man. It doesn't matter what kind of riding you're doing. Go check out and start with specialized. Don't waste your time on something that's going to break. The derailleur's not going to shift after a couple months. Get something quality. Uh, these guys make it. Specialized leads that industry. Thanks for watching and listening to the Whiskey Throttle Show. Be sure to like and subscribe to get notified when new shows go up. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok. And visit whiskeythrottlemedia.com for additional content.